0: Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter Uplift Desk, a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work. And that's just the beginning of what Uplift Desk has to offer. With an emphasis on ergonomics and customization, Uplift Desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals. Whether you're coding, designing, or podcasting. Like i am right now the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality what makes uplift desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace with options to customize from over a hundred desktop materials and a plethora of accessories uplift desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game changer. I can't do without 1Password, And I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer. One of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top tier security with an award winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see one password isn't just about convenience it's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets it works seamlessly across all your devices filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click and the best part all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security, and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders, or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it That's two free weeks at onepassword.com/slash-productive-convo. Again, onepassword.com/slash-productive-convo. Check out One Password. I know you'll fall in love with it, like my whole family has. Again, that's onepassword.com/slash-productive-convo for two free weeks. Check it out today.
1: Hi, I'm Joey Caffone, and I'm about to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy.
0: Welcome to a Productive Conversation with Mike Vardy. I'm Mike Vardy, and I am holding a very heavy book in my hands. Heavy, not just in terms of how big it is, but there's a lot in it. And man, I really enjoyed this, and I enjoyed this conversation. The book is The Laws of Creativity. The person I'm talking to today, Joey Caffone. He's been on the program before. We'll link to that in the show notes. He is uh, just a guy who I've had a great deal of admiration for over the years, And this book just strengthens and galvanizes that, that admiration. He's the founder and CEO of Baron Fig, an award-winning designer and entrepreneur as well. And I mean, I love Baron Fig stuff, but I have to say, like, I mean, this, this goes hand in hand. We talk about this too, because Joey talks about how this goes hand in hand with what he does with Baron Fig. We talk about the different laws. We talk about the way the book's been constructed and we ultimately get to the idea of how creativity and productivity are related. Uh, this is a great book. This is a great conversation. Let's get to it. Here is my conversation and a productive one at that with Joey Kafone. Joey, thanks for joining me so much on a productive conversation. Mike, thanks for having me. I'm psyched,
1: man. It's always a good conversation. I feel like it's been too long. It, it has
0: been. I mean, my my plan last fall in 2022 was or 2021 rather was to Go to New York. My son and I had a whole plan to go to New York. It's going to swing by the Baron fig offices. And then this thing, and and actually I could have done it on my own, but because my son, you know, is was under 12, he, you know, we didn't know what that was going to look like, but he is, he is harping on me for a trip to New York and DC and wants to do all that stuff in the museum. So we will hopefully get to see each other in person in the not too distant future, because I'm excited to like shake your hand and congratulate you on this book. I'm holding in my hands, the laws of creativity, uh, unlock your originality and awaken your creative genius. And this is not a thin book. If you're watching this <laughs> live, <laughs> this is, this is how, how long, I mean, okay. So as I was going through it, this is clearly like the pro is this, the, the kind of the product of some journaling initially, like putting it, like, is this, you know what I mean? Like the laws, Uh, like, let's go into that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, good intuition, man. I was taking notes for this book, uh, for like a decade. You know, I, I think it started in Apple notes and then it went to Evernote and then it went to Apple notes again. And then it went to notion and I've just, I mean across like five or six phones probably have been taking notes, uh, so yeah, the, the book is 39 Laws, as you said, and it's like 438 pages and there's three sections. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hearty book. It is not one of those uh, business leaders write a book that's 30,000 words so that they can um, get more leads type of book. No, it's like I genuinely wrote a book that I hope will serve the purpose of enlightening people on creativity and, and how it works and how they can harness it. So
0: the laws in here, and there's the way you've constructed this book, because this is published through Baron Fig's imprint, right? It's published yeah. through your your so it's it's essentially self-published, right?
1: Yeah, it's in this weird middle space. Yeah. Because it's not a when you think self-published, a lot of times you think of the soft cover, bright white paper. It's not that.
0: No, you it, can tell the difference. You can I mean you literally can tell the difference between like quote a self-published book. A lot of them, not all. There's some really yeah. good ones too but this does not feel in that vein at all. This feels like rock solid and, and it's hardback and it's 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 well put together. But one of the things that I like about the way the book's put together is if you want to get into the book and you pick it up, you can just go to the laws at a glance if you wanted to. They're right in the back. You could say, okay, mm-hmm. what are these these 38 laws? And you kind of give a bit of a crib note on each. Um, were those crib notes kind of the beginnings for you? Like in that journaling yeah. process, like here they are and, and then you kind of fleshed it out a bit? So I wrote,
1: I took all those notes. And then when Mm -hmm. it was time, it was December 2020. uh, We were stuck in quarantine. I was sitting at the kitchen table and I was telling my wife about this book I really wanted to write. And she stopped me mid sentence. And she was like, dude, we are stuck at home in a quarantine. If you do not write this book now, I don't think you're going to write it. And I was like, Oh, crap, you're right. So I went and uh, the next day I wrote the table of contents and I named the laws. I had not written the laws, but I named them what I kind of knew where they were going. Mm-hmm. And that ended up being the table of contents. And I just, boom, I had my map. I was off to the races. 11 months later, I had a first draft that was around eighty two thousand words.
0: So which of the laws when you were writing the book was the one that either you remember as the first one So not necessarily in order, because I don't know. I mean, you could tell me if they were listed in order, because that's not normally the way it goes. Which one was the first one? And then which one was the last one that you're like, okay, we're good to go?
1: Yeah, so I did write the book in order. I wrote Ah! it from like front to back, okay, uh, more or less. And so the law of expression is the first one, which is just essentially embrace the parts of you that others call weird and don't hide what makes you different. Uh, and there's a little bit more to it, but I will say that the, there was a law, the last law, that not that I wrote, but I couldn't find the right name for, it. and I finally mm-hmm. figured it out in part three, uh, law 34, the law of symbiosis. I had like, it was like the law of connectedness first. And I was like, ah, oh, this, mm-hmm. this sounds stupid. And actually someone, uh, Andy at work. Uh, helped me figure it out. And that law reads that your body's more than just a container for your brain. It directly affects the quality of your thinking. You know, fit, staying physically active will help you reap the rewards of improved cognitive performance. Like, And this is, it sounds intense, but this is in the part three where the laws are, how do you get to the next level? And so right. these set of laws are, are quite uh, intense in general.
0: Well, well and, and, and again, the way the book's constructed, you don't just talk about like, here are the the quote, crib notes on each, but hey, here are the doubts that I'm having, which law should I look at? Like, and you've got very, th- like that I can really appreciate because it's almost, like, it's almost like, and correct me if I'm right, like go to the back of the book, start there and then dig deeper. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wrote this book where you could read it in a couple
1: of ways. Like, yeah. You can read this front to back. Absolutely. And I wrote it with that in mind. And I wanted every chapter as a story about somebody in history and principles that are illustrated and so on. But you could also read it as a reference, like a, a dictionary of laws. And like you said, there's a, there's a, on page 417 in the back, there's this section called common creative doubts and how to overcome them. And essentially I list about a dozen different doubts that you can have about creativity. And I give you the chapters that speak to it. So for example, uh, you know, there's one that says, I am starting too late or I am too old. And I list the two laws that can help you overcome that doubt. Or, you know, there's, I am afraid to fail or I don't have good ideas, or I'm not sure how to start. So I've created the book where it, it's actually, uh, there's a few ways you can consume it. And it's funny you brought that up. No one's ever brought that up. And you know, all these conversations, but that's one of my most proud, features is being able to address different threads of of conversation
0: we've talked about we talked about this on eureka when i was on and we talked about the importance of flexibility in, in approach in a lot of ways right like we you know we talked about how with time crafting like it's not a i gotta start with today and work towards the future like there's no prescribed like you must do it this way and and i think that I'm imagining a law falls into this, but this idea of flexibility, uh, it, it allows people to embrace things and lean into them a bit more. It makes it, it makes it more inviting, doesn't it? It does.
1: It does. There's, you know, you're hit, you're, you're firing on all cylinders, man. The The biggest lesson that I got from the book as a, a, a human, that the book taught me something was um, the law of growth uh, learning has no limits and don't be content to master one skill and neglect others. So without diversification, your strengths turn to weaknesses. And I consider myself, I mean, I am a highly disciplined person, you know, up at five, exercise, meditate, read, uh, all sorts of stuff before the day even starts. And that chapter is about Bruce Lee. And I would consider myself now sort of a student of Bruce Lee and, in, in how he, he he championed flexibility within rigidity. Yeah, there's a beauty to those. So yeah, I mean it, it's certainly it's certainly a thing that is spoken about uh, without spoiling too much.
0: Well, and and the adaptability factor too. Speaking of Bruce Lee, like the idea of Jeet Kune Do was like, hey, I'm going to take things that I've learned from different things. And there's that famous quote: absorb what's useful add your own discard, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. But this idea of when he created Jeet Kune Do was like, okay, I've learned all, like a lot of this stuff. Have you ever looked into fasting and thought, I love the benefits, but I can't go days without eating. Well, that's where Prolon comes in. Transforming the fasting experience with a plant-based nutrition program that tricks your cells into thinking they're fasting without actually having to stop eating. That's shopify.com slash timecrafting. Here's how I can make it maybe not better, but or maybe better, but also like more accessible, right? Where it's like, oh, where, where's this idea of, you know, and this is what, I think when you create like laws and you say like these are, and, and laws are, it's a strong word. But when you say like, people want like a framework. They want to, okay, this follows this I'm listening to this thing. It gives them something to pay attention to. And one of actually, one of the things you bring up, we're going to talk about the attention pie in a little bit, cause I love that piece. But um, I, I think that, that when you create a framework that promotes flexibility, but also like you said, adaptability and it, there's a timelessness to it. And you said you were building this book over the past decade. There's got to be like these, these, these have a timelessness to them, don't they? These laws, all of them have a timelessness to them that you can't. Um, it's hard to pull coals in that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to, to describe it best. as like, I'm not inventing the laws of creativity. You know, Newton didn't invent the law of gravity. He just described what was already occurring. And so for me, you know whether it's the the way you think or the, what you're doing or how to excel. These are just things that exist as a reliable pattern that I've witnessed and engaged with and tested and discussed and it proven over and over again. And I'm just recording them, which is why I don't believe there's been a book like this. You know, when I went to, when I took this book and I originally was sharing it with some people who knew far more about writing books than me, editors that had there, there's one editor that had just gotten done. I won't name the book, but he had just gotten done editing one of the best-selling books in the world. And I mm-hmm. brought him my idea and he said, you can't have 39 laws. You should have five or seven. And I said, but that is, I cannot. Like, I'm telling you, I can't. As As palatable mm-hmm. as that should be, it doesn't fit. And I think that's why this book has not been written until now
0: well and and i think the the reason that that becomes challenging is that the attention span of people is like i can't dig into these 39 things um but at the end of the day you're not asking people to to plow through this thing either i mean it, it it's as i was going through it like i you know the 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 girth of the book alone almost precludes you from doing that to a degree but also it's like i love a book where no matter how long or many pages or whatever you can't, if you try to plow through it, you lose the essence of what the book is trying to do. Right.
1: I I can see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sad that I can't read my book to know what it's like. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah, I remember so much more than I ever thought I would like paragraph for paragraph, but I'm with you. I wonder what it's like to read through a book like this.
0: Um, but I can't speak to it no it well and, and you're so close to it and and uh, yeah. that leads me to a que- that leads me to the next question which is which of these laws do you find that you struggle with the most
1: oh man that's a tough one um you know I <sighs> my gut reaction is to say Mike I'm pretty damn good at all these.
0: Uh, which is why I'm qualified to write it, this book. Is, it, is there a law, the law of the law of arrogance? I think is the one. That, you know. <laughs> yeah. I will say there is
1: one specific thing, a, a, a portion of so. There's the law of adventure. Okay, again, mm. we're really quoting from the back of the book here, um, in the laws of excellence, and it says learning has lo- no limits. Uh, sorry, it's um, that's it's routinely venturing to the unknown so that your pool of inspiration never grows stagnant. Okay. Right. And then I talk about, um, the localized and the expansive, uh, worlds that you can adventure for. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am not a good traveler. I'm not a good traveler. Um, okay. I don't, I really enjoy, like I joke with my friends. They know I could be in a room with no windows and I would have the time of my life for a long time. Like when we quarantine for COVID, I, it, I would say that it was actually an improvement in terms, you know, in terms of just staying home and doing my thing. Mm-hmm. So that is something that I having written this and now saying that how it's having to say how important it is, I am now pushing myself to travel more.
0: So that is something I suck at. Right. Well, okay. I have gone
1: to a bunch of places, but I'm, I'm, I just suck at it.
0: No, well, and, and, in- why I bring that up is that you've got a lot of, you know, again, back of the book, but there's some gold in here, like the original terms. Like you've got, like, I mean, you've spent time in these things so much that you've had to um, codify them for yourselves to a degree, right? And then you're passing on that codification. The attention pie is one. Um, I love it because it's very visual. It's very visual. But also, it, it does... I mean, anytime you can create something that is um, applicable to anyone, you know, like, for example, when I talk about projects and I tell people like, have you ever gone, like, tell me what it's like to drive a car or go grocery shopping. And they're like, well, I go grocery shopping. Like, no, but all the steps. They're like, they tell me all the steps, make the list. Like, okay, so that's a project. No, no, no. It's a task. I'm like, no, it's multiple steps. And then you're like, oh, right. I'm like, so, and when you're cooking, in a, uh, when you're, when you're making food at home and you've got a recipe, if you, if the recipe isn't spelled out for you, will the food work? Right. With the attention pie, it's like people know what a pie looks like. And then if they see a whole pie, they're like, okay, I get to focus. But when you start dividing it up and it's, it's very, how important was it for you to say, I need to take some of this heady stuff? Cause it can be pretty heady. Cause I mean, like you said, it was from journaling and how, how, how challenging or even fun was it for you to go, okay, how do I take this law and give it to somebody who can go, oh, okay. Uh, without getting stuck in the, you know, the vernacular or these, these terms that you, you know, that, that may keep them from grasping it.
1: Um, a lot of the, you know, when I sat down to write this book, I had already done so much of the work and right. what i mean by doing the work is at barrenfig now i've i've designed and art directed over 100 products from zero to launch i've taught design at school and a lot of this stuff has evolved just because when i first tried to communicate these ideas i got you know a, a furrowed brow as people didn't understand what the hell i was saying so i had to massage these thoughts um and the attention pie is the one I, one of the things I came up while teaching, which was trying to, to help people understand that limits are good, mm-hmm. and helpful in communicating an idea. So for our listeners out there, the attention pie is very simple. Imagine a pie with a hundred slices, and every time you add a concept to your idea, um, you divide it evenly amongst the slices. So in the book, I say, you know, if I give you a flower, and they're just the flower. All of your attention is on this flower, and you can it can make a powerful impact. But if I tie a red ribbon around the flower, now I've I've reduced the impact of the flower by fifty percent, fifty slices and fifty slices. And then I said, if and if you hand it to them in a vase, now I've reduced it further to just thirty-three and one-third percent. So you've taken something that originally had the power of a hundred slices of your full attention even though you thought you've added things to bolster the message, you've actually diluted the core thing you are trying to communicate. And so that's the attention pie in a nutshell. And those ideas were really fun to distill into words and to make little diagrams. And just, I'm glad that resonated. That's one of my favorites as well.
0: And the do board. I really like that as well. The, the idea of yeah, that one was another great one the, the, there is so much depth in this and in the book and, and it it shows that it's been something that's been developed over the years and Baron figs developed over the years as well. But now, now you're a published author. So you're no longer just, you know, the, you know, co-founder of Baron fig. I mean, you're, you know, all, you know, you're not just running that. Now you've got this other thing. How are you, and you've got, you've got all these other things, like the balance aspect. How is that for you already with the book out and, what are you doing to kind of make sure that again you're not you're you're not split too much with all the things that you've got going on, and you, and can still adhere to some of these laws you've got in here, or, or as yeah. many of the thirty nine as possible.
1: That's a good question. If you t- look at Baron Fig and the Laws of Creativity, they're really tightly intertwined. The law, Baron Fig makes tools to help you do your best thinking. The laws of Creativity is a book that teaches you how to master your ideas because they serve one another. If I were do if I were writing a business book and trying to do Baron Fig, for example, I don't I think that would really be splitting my personality, my attention. It would be it would be diverting. But in a nutshell, my work focuses on helping people turn their ideas into reality. The book does it, Baron Fig does it. So I'm able, even though it's two separate things, the Venn diagram is actually like ninety percent overlap. Yep. And I've just got these little extra things on each side that I have to tend to. So it's, it's um, you know, it's the law of simplicity where I am limiting myself in in the things that I'm
0: really trying to strive for, you know, my personal mission, let's say. Ever found yourself deep in a project, your flow state so intense that the world around you just fades away? That's the magic zone where ideas take flight and your work truly comes to life. But what if, in a blink, it could all disappear. Hard drives fail, coffee spills, and yes, even the dreaded accidental delete happens. But fear not, because Crash Plan has your back. Don't wait for disaster to strike. Head over to crashplan.com slash timecrafting now for a free trial and secure your creations with their limited time buy one, get one offers. Supporting our sponsors means supporting this podcast, so take a moment to check them out. CrashPlan is the superhero of cloud-based data protection. Specifically designed for people like us who live and breathe their digital creations, CrashPlan ensures that every file, every idea, and every piece of hard work is safely backed up and protected. With CrashPlan Professional, you get unlimited backup for your computers, not servers or cloud apps, just pure essential data protection for PC, Mac, and Linux. This means your business plans, designs, music, and documents are continuously encrypted and updated in their secure cloud without you lifting a finger. Imagine this, your laptop takes a dive during a late night work session. With CrashPlan, it's not a disaster, it's just a minor hiccup. Their service runs quietly in the background, safeguarding every change you make every 15 minutes. And if the worst happens, your files are just a few clicks away from being restored with unlimited version retention acting as your personal time machine. For businesses, CrashPlan's multi-tenant capabilities are a game-changer. Buy as many licenses as you need, manage them with ease, and let your team or your IT admin restore data seamlessly, saving precious time and resources. So go to CrashPlan.com slash TimeCrafting now to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited buy-one-get-one offers for a productive conversation listeners. That's CrashPlan.com slash TimeCrafting. Back up better with CrashPlan. the law of precision and because I think that, and I know in, in relation to creativity um, we're going to dive into that, but one of the things that I've talked about when it comes to procrastination and when it comes to overwhelm and productivity is, and we talked about this a little bit, I touched on it with the whole grocery shopping, you know, analogy is the idea of precision taking time and thoughtfulness that we seem to either be rushed through or we have the ego that comes in and goes, no, I know how to do this. It's not a big deal. Um, can we talk about the law of precision and and the importance of it? Because it, it falls into the action phase, the laws of action. And, and I think it's one that people tend to gloss over, which um, is a problem
1: yeah it, it is an important one in in the process it's the second law in that chapter uh, in that section and so it's it's quite important uh and the law of precision essentially says sharpen your understanding of a problem through investigation and peel back the layers until you are left with a single question that when answered resolves the heart of the matter so before you can get to work you need to sharpen your understanding of what it is you're going to do. And you're right. This is something that can be glossed over so easily. People want to jump in and get to work. They want to show their productivity. They want to get to the end, which is the worst uh, thing you could want to do when you start, even though that's the obvious goal. But there's this, there's actually three portions to, to achieving a, a solved problem, let's say, which in, you know, people think of problem solving as, boom, this is it. I'm problem solving. When there's actually two steps before, which is problem seeking and problem sharpening. So problem seeking is like, first, do I, do I understand and know the, the thing that I'm trying to accomplish? Like, what is the actual problem here? And then when you think you've got it, how tightly can you, can you like carve away all the garbage around it? So you have the perfect little nugget that you're actually saying, if I solve this, I've solved the problem. And we often do, we often skip those two, And what happens is you have a lot of wheel spinning. Um, and I'm sure you're familiar with that. Like productivity can be easily wasted. If you are spinning your wheels on things that don't actually get to the heart of what
0: you're trying to do. Right. <sighs> I feel, I, I just, I, no, it's, it's good. Well, it, well, and I, and I want to make sure because there is a lot, like I said, as I was going through the book, which by the way has a built-in bookmark, so I did dog ear, but I didn't have to dog ear nearly as much. Um, I will say that, that you know, the way you've divided up this book, it's, it's very, very well crafted, not just in terms of the actual, you know, the way you receive it, but also the way it's been constructed. There's very little, you know. It's very balanced. Um, it, there's an order to it, but again, like we talked about, you can kind of approach it in a multitude of ways. There is a law of chaos that's following in the law of greatness area, and and you know, I mean, if you're you can't really see it right now if you're watching it live, but I do have like the vision. He's a comic book. Uh, he's the from MCU. And one of the things he says is people don't understand that order and chaos are two sides of the same thing in a lot of ways. Without 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 chaos, there can't be order. Um, I want to talk about the laws of chaos because the, there is this rigidity. We actually talked about this on Eureka. You you asked me like Mike, your your framework. It seems rather rigid, and it wasn't like you weren't. It was it was just from someone who um, wasn't. You know, if I was teaching somebody time crafting, I could see that like Mike. But it seems like this path is very, you know, it's it's it, there's a rigidity to it, but. It's interesting, the more you do something, the more fluid it feels than rigid. Um, I think when it comes to chaos, you talk about this adaptability factor. I think a lot of people, again, much like precision, they, they struggle with being adaptable. Mm-hmm. Um, can we touch on that law and how it applies to the ability to elevate to greatness?
1: Yes. Uh, I mean, the law of chaos literally says learn to be adaptable rather than presupposing an outcome. You know, you don't only get the most from the immediate circumstance, you'll enjoy yourself more. And I want to talk about that presupposing an outcome piece. Mm -hmm. So uh, in very early on in the book, you probably encountered it in the intro where I say, you know, there's three disservices that society uh, does to us. And I say that because it's evident, uh, NASA has proven this, okay? NASA did a study that found 98% of five-year-olds are creative geniuses. That goes all the way down to 2% of adults. So there is a repeatable, reliable screw-up that society is doing to get us from 98 to 2. That's no accident. And one of the big things, I think, Uh, 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 from everything that I've read and done and researched and experimented with, it's clearly school teaches us to see the end from the beginning, okay? And now I'm not even being hyperbolic here. No colorful language. Literally, you'll get a paper that will say, uh, you'll get an assignment that will say, write a three-page paper that explains the plot of Catcher in the Rye. You know what you're going to end up with. Or do fill out this worksheet. When you see what's going to be done, solve this uh, geometry proof. You always know where you're supposed to end up, but life and creativity is the opposite. You never see the ending. Adaptability is paramount because life is essentially chaotic. And Mike, I don't know about you, but like I have a very strong opinion on the word chaos where it's like actual chaos is really, there's no such thing as the mainstream understanding of chaos, like that it's actually random. It doesn't exist. Right? Chaos is just so many things happening in such a complex way that we can't see the pattern. So it's mm-hmm. like you said, it's order, but just so complex, it doesn't seem orderly,
0: right? Yeah, yeah it's so, it, doc, Dr. Fate another guy, he says, I don't work for the Lords of order. I work for balance, you know, like it's the idea order. Like that's, the, yeah. that's the, the key. Right. So continue. Sorry. Yes.
1: No, beautifully, uh, beautiful. Well said. So you've got chaos is really, you can't see the pattern. So what do you do? Just say, Oh, I'm screwed. No, you sharpen your ability to adapt. And in the book, I talk about a few different ways. I really enjoy the, the, Having a conversation with the present moment, I like to call it play. Okay. And it's, we, we say children play. And of course, you know, we've established that they're creative geniuses, but play is incorrectly ascribed only to something kids do when play is actually just dancing with the, the moment, being adaptable. And so I, I came up with five rules of play in the book. You know, and I'll briefly, one, one is be curious two is do things that don't matter three is ignore what others think four is let yourself fall and number 5 is expect nothing and all that all those five points pull you into the moment and stop you from looking into the future or the past and when you're in the moment it's just it sounds so woo woo but i do go into so much detail in how like this is actually practical and almost mathematical is you start to just Connect with what you're doing and you're able to adapt because you're there. You're there with what's happening. It's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. Before I let you go, um, because I want to be respectful of your time and the listeners time and those who um, happen to be watching this live that are members of time crafting trust that have the ability to check out this particular episode as, as in, in the live stream. Um, I'll share more at the tail end of this episode about how you can join time crafting trust. If you want why did Mike Vardy have Joey on the show to talk about cre- what's the, what's the link between creativity and productivity, Mike? Like, why you've listened to this, okay, what's the link? I as I uh, to, to wrap things up, it, you've written you've, you've written a book called The Laws of Creativity. They are the, creativity is linked to productivity, but I want to hear your insights on that because that that can't be you know understated. I think there's there's something there, and you you of all people who I've talked to over the years would understand this.
1: Right, well, creativity in a nutshell is the practice of ideas. You have 6,000 ideas a day whether you want to or not. So essentially, creativity is mastering, improving, and controlling those. It's being more productive with your ideas, plain and simple. And you know what? There's real benefits. Kids are twice as likely to go to college when they're creative. Adults are happier and earn more money, literally. And organizations who invest in creativity have higher revenue growth and their whole team are more productive. So there's there's a host of reasons why not only is creativity linked to productivity, but why creativity is something you should pay attention to.
0: You know, it's interesting because as we as we wrap up, uh, I've been thinking about the word in productivity. I've been looking at it for many years. And the term productivity and to be productive was to bring into being. That was the initial etymology of the term and it's morphed into the definition of the power or quality of being able to produce especially in abundance so all of a sudden it went from just make something and make something that's like again that qualitative element to more of a make stuff and make lots of it right? Or bring something. So there's an imbalance there that I'd love to help solve with my work. And I can tell you that when it comes to the book you've put together, it goes a long way for that and for, you know, again, creativity. So you're, you're dispelling a lot of myths and man, like I said, it this is when you pick up this book and you absolutely should, um, it's something that you can return to again and again and again. And that is, powerful. So great job on this, Joey. I really appreciate you taking the time and putting this together. I knew you were working on something like something. I didn't know it was <laughs> this, and I'm glad it was the thing that you, you put together.
1: Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that.
0: So the book is called The Laws of Creativity. Where can people pick up this book and where can they keep up with you and the work you're doing?
1: Good question. Three ways, everyone out there. First, check out The Laws of Creativity at joeycafon.com book. Second, visit Baron Fig, see some of the products that we've made at BaronFig.com. And third, say hello on Instagram or Twitter at Joey Caffone. Would love to hear your thoughts on the
0: book um, and see what you're working on. Joey, thanks for having a productive conversation with me today.
1: <sighs> it certainly was, Mike. Thank you so much, man. It's been a
0: pleasure. Big thanks to Joey for joining me on the program. And it was a live stream that was streamed to the members of my Time Crafting Trust community. You can learn more about Time Crafting Trust as well at Productivityist.com slash trust. But I don't want you to just do that. I want you to learn more about Joey. And you can do that by checking out all of the things we talked about in the show notes. Just go to Productivityist.com slash podcast 440 to make that happen. Another thing I want you to do is to support our sponsors. That's one way you can support the show. You can check out the sponsors you heard on this episode by going to productivity.com slash podcast sponsors. And then finally, we've got great episodes coming up. So I don't want you to miss those as well. Subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to do. You can do it right within the app you're using right now. And when you do that, you're going to be able to easily search the archives as well as be able to pick up on next week's guest far easier. And next week we've got Todd Henry joining us. So I'm excited for that one. I'm excited for the next several months of guests we've got, and I'm excited that you joined me today. That's it for this episode. I'm Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation with Mike Vardy, reminding you to stop doing productive, start being productive. See you later.